Welcome back to the Listen Up Podcast, where we analyze a new album each week, except for last week. I'm Jamie, and this week we've got me, Nick, oh boy, and Jordan. <laughs> this week we're going to be taking a look at 22 A Million by Boney Vare, released in 2016, and it was picked by me, Jamie again, that is my name. Um, and I chose this album for us to listen to because uh it's super weird and i really like it but i feel like it's not talked about that often so i just kind of wanted to see like how much general people enjoyed it because i just feel like it's so weird but i also i love the um like the weirdness of it so i I just kind of wanted to i feel like this might be the most out there album that we've done so far from a from a like a sound perspective i would say so because so we, i thought we, that, that would be a cool uh thing for us to check out yeah and see how you guys like <laughs> liked it because we've done i don't know why sound and color came to mind as like a strange like a um as like an out there sound because because it, mm-hmm. it's it's strange for sure but it's it's pretty right. cohesive it and like a you can kind of put a theme on it like it's kind of cosmic kind of atmospheric but also blends in elements of uh kind of rootsy rock and roll stuff but this right. album is all over the place with its instrumentation and a, arrangement of sounds mm-hmm. and they have they have live instruments and they also have samples of vocals and samples of other instrumentation. It's just it's it's crazy. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. Jordan, had you, were you are you familiar at all with Boney Bear? Yes, bruh. The Kanye sample. Yep. Yep. Come on, motherfucker. But one uh, of my favorite uh, tracks on yeah dark fantasy i do like that one a lot um other than that not really Mm -hmm. Uh, i've heard i've heard him talked about a lot but never really listened to him that much yeah i feel like he occupies because well okay so i guess it's technically a band ish but it's what's up started primarily as a guy named justin vernon Mm -hmm. uh and he's kind of the a little bit like um what's the what's tame impala's guy's name kevin parker yeah a little like that where he he brings most of the music and then like everyone else is kind of like a supporting cast i think yeah um but yeah they're, they're they slash him however you and the artist of bony Vare, i feel like is a name that gets thrown around so much but i don't know how much uh he's actually li- they are actually listened to mm-hmm. and how much of it is just like oh yeah like i feel like everyone knows the name but i don't know how much like how many people could hear the name and then be like yeah there's like these four songs mm-hmm. 
yeah. fan or not, which is, just, and I feel like there are a few people like that. None of them come to mind right now, but every now and then there'll be a, a, a group out here. I'm like, I've heard about them for like 10 years and I couldn't tell you a single song by them. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers. Brockhampton. Oh, true. No idea. Bro, Brockhampton, we got, we got Gummy, we got Zipper, we got Bleach, we got, uh, oh. their new, their new song, Buzz Cut, very good song. Are these the songs like one word? Uh, maybe. I don't know of any that are multiple words. Actually, now that you another say one, Ray Shmurda, got nothing. It's Loose the only thing I know bro. is that it's you said ear Shmurda. drummers backwards. You did say Shmurda. Oh, I'm sorry. I guess Shmurda's Bobby Shmurda. Yeah, there's another like, one. No like, idea. Uh, Jimmy but... doesn't listen to rap music. Confirmed. <laughs> Fake fan, fake fan. He said, "Are all of us somebody rap? come get Is Brock who?" Brockhampton rap. I've never been able to figure that out. Is Brockhampton rap? Yeah. Oh, Brockhampton again, it's... is rap, but they call themselves a boy band, and yeah. that's how they want to be referred to. Right. Because I remember, I think David saw them at Bonnaroo, and he was like, "Yo, the guitar was crazy." And I was like, "I thought they were like a rap group. I have no idea. I don't know what song they would have." I don't know a ton of their music extensively, so I'm sure yeah. they have a couple rap songs that have like guitar heavy beats or something. I don't know, but I thought yeah, most I of their songs it, were just beats that were sampled and like created. Yeah, see, and know. that's why I think David he said it as if he was surprised. So maybe they just live. They're like, yeah, throw a guitar in there. <laughs> I don't know, like how when when we saw Gambino, I thought a lot. I didn't realize he had like a back band i thought it was mostly samples and stuff but it was like a straight up band accompanying him and it was it was awesome uh interesting yeah and so and that's another reason why i chose this album is because uh i feel like and even those who do know bony Vare mm-hmm. and know music of theirs i feel like the music that most people associate with bony Vare is not this kind of music at all is like the hollow scene and skinny love uh flume stacks all that shit from other albums which sound nothing like this yeah the only similarity is there's typically a lot of vocal modulation yeah but even then it's like more subtle and it's more just pitch shifting than like static yeah overlaid on top of it Uh but that's why and so this album, like the whole thing is just, it feels like a big sonic exploration. And then reading more about Justin about this time period, I, I can totally see that like his personal, it's one of those instances where you can see someone's personal situation coming through in the art that they're creating. Mm-hmm. Cause during this time period, he was very like, he went through like a year and a half of like depressive episodes and mm. just kind of like dissociation and stuff. And, I mean the whole the whole album's like touches on all kinds of things like life, death, existence, attachment, detachment, all kinds of really uh, I don't know interesting introspective topics, and then is just pushed like it's just pushing this the sonic envelope the entire fucking time <laughs> for better or for worse, mostly in my mind for better. Every now and then though. Moonwater is for worse. Some, <laughs> some of it, but, like yeah, Moonwater and 
10 death breasts for me were the ones that I was like... I, I like... See, I, I originally, that used to be the case for me, but I like death breasts now. After listening to this album, like, I don't know, 20 times in the last two weeks. I could see after uh, repeat listens for someone who really dives into the album, I, I could see how death breast would... It, it stands out in its kind of aggression and... Um, it feels angry. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so real quick, Jordan, what did you think of the album? Well, I know I'm already going to struggle with which tracks were which because usually I'm <laughs> like, oh, that track was the one with the with the crazy beats and the and the weird non-conformative sounds. And I'm like, wait, that's every song pretty much <laughs> on this album. And I was like, because like, usually there's like some identifiers. It's like, oh, I know that sounds like a sad one, or if that's a like. Less yeah. like a, a happy song or something, but this one just seems right. You make a you make the mental hash table for the album. Yeah, even though and like it's a lot there, harder to do that with. Yeah, I guess there could be. Um, I guess there could be songs that seem like happier and sadder, but mm-hmm. or more sad is sadder, more sad, right? Yeah. Okay. And well, yeah, and I think I am at a point where I can do that with this album like i have that mental kind of map Mm -hmm. but i've also probably listened to this album a magnitude more than you did over the last uh yeah oh also yeah Yeah, i I guess i kind of said that at the beginning but we didn't do an album last week because uh my lovely fiance oh fiance oh my god my My lovely fiance and i were in denver colorado for the past week so we did not record an episode for last week so here we are and oh, we're back there she is there she is she's behind you jd of, watch of, out the ghost of victoria and i think i forgot to mention this at the uh when i tossed announced this last time but this is a very for me personally of this album is one of those ones that is just transformed when you put in like good headphones yeah it's like sound and color for me. It's another one of those ones where, like, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's good out of a speaker, and it's good in a good car setup, but it's one that I really enjoy to be, like, plugged right into the album mm-hmm. in my ears. And uh, and that's because of a lot of stuff. I mean, like, Death Breast is crazy in headphones. Uh, yes. So, uh, so I know that you said it was kind of hard to pinpoint tracks on this, but overall, was this a positive experience listening to this album for you? I guess both of you. I'd say it's positive really because it's very different than what I've heard a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can't say if I liked it or disliked it yet either. It, it was honestly too, I feel like it's too new for me to know if I like it or dislike I gotcha. it. It's kind of weird still. Like usually I pretty much know, but this time it's like, like I couldn't, I, I I could maybe see myself listening to it again. Like I don't hate it, but I don't know if I like it. You know. I gotcha. I, yeah, and I think uh, this kind of album lends itself to that, where sometimes it's it's so experimental. Half of the experience of listening to it is just like, do I like this or not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I I honestly I feel kind of similar to you Jordan because I I had listened to the full album a couple times probably I knew 22 over soon I knew 33 god and those were probably the only 
songs I, I knew off the top of my head. or uh, I knew 29 uh, Stratford Apartments a, l- a little bit, but... Uh, and, and I enjoy all of those songs that I just named and a couple more, but there, there were also some that I just like kind of felt fine about. And the, I hate to, I hate to judge my overall perception of this album based on their other albums, because, because generally mm-hmm. I do, I love it whenever artists that I enjoy listening to take big creative leaps and try something different because I know it's probably really fulfilling for them. And right. And because of that, that very sentiment because it's fulfilling for them, it's usually kind of fulfilling for me. It's like, Oh, they're, they're taking this jump. That's like a, that's a risk. And like, I, uh, I admire them for, for doing that. And because of that, I'm going to, if, if, enjoying this music is a bit of a stretch for me then i'll try my best to do that because i admire who they are as a person but yeah in this case i don't know i feel like it was just a bit of a leap too too far for me compared to compared to their Mm -hmm. self-titled bony bear album and compared to for emma Mm -hmm. forever ago i think for emma forever ago will like always have my heart as as best boney Vera album and also just phenomenal album in general okay but it is it is it is a phenomenal album yeah but but like yeah this one this one's just i feel like there's a couple hits and a couple misses and it just hasn't all come together for me but but yeah you know what's so funny? I can easily say that this is my favorite Boney Bear album. Interesting. That's Cat. I love it. I, and now, and I, I love for Emma forever ago. No. Was like, no. I don't I know what I just one. said. Wait. I just had like a word vomit. Uh, but I love for Emma, and their self titled's good. I that one I like. I don't know. It might be my least favorite, but there are still really good ones on there. Like Holocene. I love that song. Yeah, that, that was the first song I ever heard by them and like Ooh. what got me into to Bony Bear. Holocene, that's some haunting shit, bro. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, but there are some songs on here that are also haunting. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like, uh, okay, so so I guess I can get into more specific stuff. It's funny that you, you said 22 over soon, parenthetically. You said that was one of the ones that you recognized, right? Uh-huh. Because I think when this album came out, I was familiar with Boney Bear's first two albums and I hadn't I hadn't really followed them per se, but I I knew that um I knew the general sound of their first two albums and I I listened to whatever single they had out for this or I don't know. I I just remember listening to this album for the first time and thinking, "Ooh, this sounds different." And and really liking the sound of Oversoon, and really liking. Uh, I think last week I mentioned the piano on one of the songs that I couldn't place which song it was, and it was it, you it was either de- said it yeah you either said it on here or just talking to me in passing yeah it, it was definitely thirty three God was the piano the just the intro say. piano to the song the okay yeah because you said you thought it was like eight or a million and I was like I mean maybe. Uh-huh. But 30, God, yeah, so before I listened, like, listen to this album, the ones that I knew were 33 God, Creeks, and 45. 
Yeah, I need one um, of them in case that wasn't obvious. <laughs> uh, that one I'm not surprised. This is one that I'm not surprised about you not uh, not you know recognizing anything off of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I have stuff written for every single song. So I guess I can just go ahead impressive. That. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you going crazy? Twenty two over soon. Jamie's cracked. Jamie's cracked. He's doing nineties right now. Oh, Jamie's 90s. Jamie's Discord is cracked. He literally can't talk right he now. Literally He's so excited. Talk. Oh. 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 There he is. There he is. So so yeah. Uh, I guess I guess I can start to get into that then. So with twenty two over soon, um, I love what the sh- it's like the best I could describe it was like the shakiness or like the wavering of whatever the instrument is playing under the background. It's some, some digital thing. I think it's a synth that's been gone through a lot of filters. I'm not really sure, honestly. And that's kind of the case with a lot of the stuff in here. I can describe the sound, but I have no idea what is making it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I love that. And then uh, I really like it as an intro album into uh, kind of entering the idea of um, the briefness of life and how it might be over soon is at the crux of it. And, so, and then that sets up what the album kind of, starts to delve into more and more uh and I, I but i like how the audio this is one of the ones where it's really prominent how it just sounds like it's like fucking up a little bit mm-hmm. but clearly intentionally and i love that kind of stuff it's kind of like how a really good fuzz pedal is supposed to mimic the sound of an amp as it's like dying i really like that so anytime there's it's crackliness but not like radio static from a record or a magnetic tape it's um it's like if you don't have a good connection with a three and a half millimeter cord yeah yeah and and it's not fully in the headphone jack so every now and then it stuff comes through it's kind of like that uh and i love that I really like verse three a lot, especially the um, the lines where it's like, uh, as I as I may stand up with a vision, caught daylight, goddamn right, within a rise there lies a scission, scission. I'm I don't know how to pronounce that, dude. It's it's I can't tell. Scission. Okay, he, uh, Justin, he will sometimes just use really weird words that i've never he, heard he makes up words sometimes he just make yeah exactly he does, does he? that on yeah. on a lot of albums uh but yeah like this the... one very prominently he'll just make up words and so it's hard to tell if he's using like a deep cut from the dictionary <laughs> or 
a made-up word that's kind of a hodgepodge of other words that convey something else, like uh, "astuary king" and "fuckified." Yeah, he says and, laundry. like there's yeah laundry like yeah. laundry. So he'll just yeah he'll just say shit. It okay. But yeah, well, what's and your what's your favorite the... dictionary deep cut? Gubernatorial. You say gubernatorial? Yeah. I, I'm just I, I'm just spitballing, man. That was a that was supposed to be like I said that, and you guys were supposed to go, ah ha ha. I wasn't actually looking for. I don't have a dictionary. Oh, bro, I got deep you cut. with that shit. Bro. Honestly, it means I, don't, I barely know what government. I, I don't even know really what a dictionary deep cut is. Well, like a word that no one would ever use that exists according to Merriam-Webster. Like Frindle. <laughs> the fuck is Frindle? You not, did you never read that book in elementary school? Wasn't it? Yes. It's a guy whose teacher told him yes, to stop trying to make Frindle a word. And then he yes. kept trying to make Frindle a word until it got into the dictionary. And then it did. That's right. I, there was another book. That, what? Yes. You're right. I remember that now. Yeah. That was one of the Scholastic Book Fair books. Hell yeah, Scholastic. Oh, I was thinking of Swindle, which is <gasps> like a, a kid gets hustled about. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I learned that's, what that's the word Swindle too. was from that book. Wait, what? I learned what like swindling is from that book. Me too, dude. dude that was, yeah, that was I, a that good Yeah, that cover book. is burned. That co- the cover of that book and the cover of... Oh, dude, that's uh, such a what good is, book. Is it called Tunnels? I can't remember that one. Yeah, it, they're just... They're, they're, they're burned into my brain. Uh, I don't know anyway, any that's, of these things that you're talking bro, about. Did you not read, bro? bro <laughs> I was I was a reader. All right, I was what? I was in the I was in my kindergarten class well, reading like second grade books. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and we were in sixth grade reading on a senior high school level. That's all. It doesn't matter. All of it. <laughs> oh. Oh. Uh, it's all arbitrary. I like. Uh. Oh yeah, what was your what was your fucking AR point average, huh? Dude, again, I literally got the the minimum. I, I was top three for sure. Like in, in yeah, my, top in my three's classes. not a number, bro. Never <laughs> I want a number. Three. I don't know the specific number. It, it's bro, not I ingrained. was dropping five hundred bombs on that shit. Oh, you're me talking Zach, about your actual AR points? Yeah, me and Zach would crush that shit. For, uh, for they were they were like for any listener we, they were like f- unfamiliar with AR five of us. I, I don't know what AR stands for, but they're uh, accelerated, accelerated reading. reading. Okay, yeah, they're they're Could've just asked us, man. Uh, well, thank you for inputting, even though I didn't ask. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, um, they're you you get points for reading harder books as a child, and you take quizzes based on books, and you get like, you you get points based on how you do on the quizzes and stuff right you answer like 10 questions that are supposed to be like a comprehension check right yeah Yeah. or five depending on how short the book is or long right yeah and so how you how you cheat the system is you start reading uh the warrior books by aaron hunter because there's 30 of them and they're each worth like 25 points Sheesh. like the harry potter ones are like probably ranging from 20 to maybe deathly hallows is like 30 yeah. or 35 so i mean you read one of those series and you've just like you've accumulated like so many we mm-hmm. would 
we would just demolish that shit only because we weren't reading like fuck magic treehouse or some shit whatever i read those that dude they're they are prolific whoever writes those books yeah (laughs) them and uh the lemony snicket books there were like a billion of them oh yeah Uh snicket or die everyone be kidding now lemony snicket guy yeah dave dave kinney What's that? That's it, right? Kenny? Yeah, Dave Kenny. Dude, there's like a Rowley spinoff. I saw yeah, that walking I through Target. That. There's like a, a Rowley spinoff series. I was like, Rowley's like the most bitch character in any novel ever. Why did they make a series about him? <laughs> because he's the, he's the other, he's the other protagonist. Literally, one of the, the crux of one of the books was like how annoying Rowley was for an entire summer. Why did they write books for him? <laughs> they should have done a he's like some chad. I want a Manny spinoff. I want a Roderick spinoff. Hell Roderick yeah, spinoff would be good. I want a fucking Greg's dad spinoff. Greg's Honestly. Dad. You know Greg's dad. That bitch dad is in the garage just stuffing his face with brownies to hide from his wife in one of the books. I want to okay. know about that the Patel kid with the cheese touch. I want to know more about him. Dude, apparently he's hot now or something. What happened post-cheese touch? <laughs> I I remember so much more of those books than I ever thought I did. Yeah, oh, me too. That just unlocked a, a drawer in my mental uh, hutch. I don't know why you know what the cheese touches the cheese touch kid's name was. Nick, Wait. do you know how many times I read that book? Wait, what did you say it was? Why Jamie? would you reread like the 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 comic <laughs> book? <laughs> like the Jamie the the, the notebook wasn't drawing like, comic. Wasn't book. it like something Patel? Um, no, I thought it was Fregley. No, that was that was just the weird guy. Oh, you mean the actual first kid? Yeah. Oh, that moved schools. Yeah, wasn't it, wasn't it like, or something happened? I don't know. He's involved. There's a kid named something Patel. Anyways, also, I, did I, yes, read all, back to I read the album quite also. a lot. Back um, to the album. I also thought the first song we, was kind of mid. We should have we should have somehow tied Diary of a Wimpy Kid into Bony Bear somehow. I, see, the problem is I, I don't be, know how we got there to begin with, so yeah. I don't know. Where you see, the, the the cheese touch, fucking sucks. Oh. Wait, and no, 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 so it's does because this song. Oh, <laughs> yeah, shit. no, no, hey, hey, Jamie, Jamie, it's because it's because you said, "What's your favorite deep cut dictionary?" Nick said, "Deep cut no, dictionary." Then we said, don't, then I said, "Frindle," and then Jamie said, "Swindle," <laughs> and then we talked about. It's cool, dude. We, we don't need to contact trace the conversation. It, it's fine. So, 22, great transition from, it might be over soon, last words of over soon, we move into 10, death breast. I don't know what death breast means, but it's death in the title, uh-huh. and the song is clearly about the violence of, or not, not violence, but like a very turbulent, like, purgatory, dying... It's kind of up in the air, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I really like this song. Uh, I like the, just like, it's not quite anger, but, and it's not quite, I don't know, it, it feels persuasive, but not in an angry way, but in like a, uh, um, either like a dire or a hurried way. It feels like it's it's a song that it feels like you're moving and you're being hurried through like forwards mm-hmm. into something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I really okay. So specifically though, I really like just 
the mega bass in the song, but especially the, yeah, me too. The, I don't the section right before the like love don't fight it love and right before that is like it's just so thick it's such a thick sound Is it is it kind of short? Is it like, like, yeah? It's like a it's like a quick rise drop and then it yeah. cuts into the like yeah. I know what you're talking about. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah, because that that right there, it's like, it feels like you're you're just being hurried somewhere. Like it's anxious. It doesn't feel angry to me. It feels uh it feels anxious, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. And I also really like the the part where he's like, I've been sleeping in a stable mate. I've been sleeping in a stable mate. Not gonna do you no favors. But I gotta still try. I'm taking Tommy all the way. Talking about that. Uh but I like that section, mostly based on how it sounds. So that's why I didn't really write down the lyrics. A lot of this, it's I like kind of what the lyrics are saying, but more how the lyrics tie into the music. So I'll kind of say that. Um, but yeah, and then like after the love don't fight apart, how it's just building and building and building and building. Yeah. And then uh, I also really like the taking in the tall grass of the mountain cable or whatever. Um, quite down towards the end uh, and I really like that and then just the immediate uh, contrast with Creeks I love that how there's just it feels like you're moving through this entire song and then there's just like boom a hard stop like you've, you've reached whatever destination it is yeah. and is it the reeds in the creek who knows he got left there the reeds in the creek uh, but Creeks, it's always been one that, it was like one of the ones that I would just throw on a cue before I even listen to the full album. I've always just really liked Creeks. Interesting. Or I'm sorry, uh, C-R Epsilon, or uh, that is Epsilon, right? It's a Sigma, uh, right? It's Sigma, yeah, it's Sigma. Sigma. It's Sigma. I know, well, yeah, because well, then the wow, Epsilon bro. is like the little... Fake rap. He doesn't know his sequences and series. Fake engineer. Fake Fake engineer. Okay, that's like the one thing I don't remember from Calc Two. So anytime we ever do sequences and series, I go. Oh, I don't. Okay, I don't sure. remember. That's that's, yeah, that's the solution to a geometric series. I got no fucking clue. I, said, I don't. Thank I don't you. know. <laughs> I said, okay, I will take this as fact. I do not need to see a proof. I will blindly believe you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's me with any of math. Um, True. But yeah, I just I love the uh the sound it's 
it's like a there's a lot of bass in the voice throughout the track where it's like down along the creek i remember something down along the creek i remember something heard the heron hurry First a breach that lasts yeah and so i i love the uh i don't know there, it feels like the the voice throughout the vocals kind of have a lot of like low pitch and then immediately high pitch and then it's kind of you know it's it's mm-hmm. like a flowing creek the whole way down yeah, yeah and i don't think i don't think there's any backing instrumentation except for his vocals on the song and and all the effects that are like laid right, all over right them. okay yeah yeah, so I guess that because I was gonna say there is something, but you're right. It's it is a very uh, yeah. It's like yeah, not, like there's effects, there's definitely no anything. like rhythm section. Like it's just him. Mm-hmm. Singing, it's very vocal heavy. Yeah, with with like the crazy effects and and the background it feels vocals, very but yeah, feels very Im- intimate. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was gonna say I liked it a lot. It reminds me of like the end of Runaway a little bit, not as distorted, but yeah. like mm-hmm. I just like when artists kind of use their voice as an instrument a little bit where right. they're just like <clears throat> well like obviously you can hit notes already as like your vocals but it sounds more uh instrumenty if we could say you know with like like the like the, just the distortion and like the i don't know kind of shredding with your voice uh-huh. making it mm-hmm. all if that makes sense you're saying the know. artist's voice sounds more like more like an instrument is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit. Like, could we just go like, you know, like, mm-hmm. but he's still singing stuff though, but it's also distorted. So that's why I really like this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, this one's a hit. I also, uh, I really love the, um, like the build of verse verses three and four, especially how like, uh, culminates with like, it just, it feels like this big explosion of, it feels very emotive um, where he says, honey, understand that I've been left here in the reeds, but all I'm trying to do is get my feet out of the creek. Love is second glance, it is not soft enough. Honey, understand that I have been left here in the reeds, but all I'm trying to do is get my feet out from the creek. For some reason, I'm genius. Whoever heard that wrote Crease. <laughs> Even though the title of the song <laughs> is Creeks. Get my yeah, this is definitely one of the albums where it's, it's and it is it's hard to discern what he says, but like using context, you can figure out more of the lyrics than I feel like some of the the annotations. That that, that uh, right there is especially obvious. Like so, some of the some of the com- yeah the like the fake words that that uh, Justin Vernon <laughs> well, puts right, together. The, what the just made up shit? Yeah, like <laughs> p- some people put those in and said like they found them from the the lyrics from the vinyl liner notes. But, okay, but like uh, like yeah that that's that's definitely very obvious. I mean, the line before, 
not even just the title is Creeks. The line before it is, understand that I've been left here in the reeds. Mm-hmm. What does that have to do with a crease? <laughs> that, that's, that's besides the point. Uh, but yeah, man, I, it's still one of my favorite tracks after, you know, I've listened to this album. I don't know how many times, um, like literally it's probably in the like forties or fifties. Wow. Cause it's also a really short listen too. Yeah. yeah. It's only two minutes. And so it's, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I just really like this kind of music. Not across the board, but for some reason, this album speaks to me. Um, yeah, and then so you move from Creeks, you have the whole, the little outro section, and then you go into 33 God, which is a, a another certified banger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the piano. I've always mm-hmm. loved the piano in it. Yeah. especially in contrast with how Creeks is you're right it's so not really any instruments there's his voice and then there's like effects and then this one just starts out with like the uh-huh. like Creeks has the intimacy of, of just having his voice and then mm-hmm. the intimacy carries over a bit with the gentle intro of the, the piano but the mm-hmm. but but 33 God itself swells into more than than just that piano it, it becomes less intimate oh, and a dude. little more like grand you know mm-hmm. yeah. it, it, it definitely uh i like the little uh, this is not in a a bad way but just the most accurate description but like the chipmunk narrator what they're like uh, they're like chipmunk it's like super pitch shifted and so it's it's like how kanye's original or early stuff is called like chipmunk rap because it sounds like alvin and the chipmunks like that <laughs> give me like an example of the that. song what this song there's like no no, no a kanye that... song a kanye song bro uh, so uh just a lot of like graduation and late registration. They call that chipmunk called... rap. Chipmunk, yeah, like Alvin and the Chipmunks. How oh, there's like the samples are... <laughs> no, no, chipmunk rap. Like Alvin and the Alvin and the Chipmunks. Yeah, and, and I didn't like... know they called it that. That's kind of that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that's more of like a a niche term. I I think the main person I've heard say that is a. Uh, our buddy Cole with Dissect Podcast and our Yo. good friend Cole. You listen to that uh, what a guy. chipmunk rap, bro? Listen to that chipmunk rap, dude? I'm kind of on the chipmunk but rap. Yeah, so it kind of... That's at least where I heard the term. I've And I, since then, I've seen it a few other places, but not that commonly called that, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I like that that voice. It's kind of somewhere between spoken word and sung, and it kind of narrates in the song. Mm-hmm. 
Um, did you guys like the sample from Iron Sky? no idea what iron sky is so you should check it out uh i no i think it's a spanish uh the guy's name is like paulo something oh uh, hang on give me a second it, it's a very good song um but it's like the part where it's like i find god and religion oh yeah yeah that's from a song yeah uh paulo nutini i thought it was interesting Whatever. how many um He's Scottish? <laughs> I thought he was Italian. Go-ish. Listening to that song, I thought he was, oh, man, his accent's crazy. Yeah, I thought it was interesting yeah, how, many, how many references to religion there were on the album. Like, with, with mm-hmm. that explicitly, but also, like, uh, I forget which song it was, but, but the word you was capitalized, and it, it seemed mm-hmm. like it was in some sort of a divine context. And they said it was capitalized in the, the vinyl lyrics. Like, it, it was printed mm-hmm. that way intentionally. It, it seemed like... Like a capital G. Yeah, like analogous to a capital G, in a way. But but talking about samples, um, on Oversoon, I know we talked about that song already, mm-hmm. but um, he, he samples a song by... M- uh, a woman named Mahalia Jackson, Mahalia Jackson. I'm not entirely sure. Mahalia, Mahalia, yeah. yeah, Mahalia. But she was a um, she was a big uh, gospel singer, I think, in around the the mm-hmm. '60s maybe. But the the song mm-hmm. that he sampled was the live version of a song called "How I Got Over" that she had sang throughout her career. And the, the I think the one that he sampled was the live version that she sang before Martin Luther King delivered his I Have a Dream speech. She she sang it like, like at the the Washington Mall before he gave the speech. And Damn, is that is that the um, like the I'm gonna shout all my troubles. Yeah, uh-huh. it's yeah, cause you yeah you can you can kind of hear that it's like a a live track. Mm-hmm. And he um, it it's cool that that he chose to include that there. Not not only because of the cultural significance of. I have a dream speech, but also because um, there's a, I think it was in between For Emma Forever Ago and their self-titled album, Mm -hmm. Uh, Justin Vernon did a jazz album where he, he he doesn't like record jazz music himself, but he sings with a jazz band where they play Duke Mm -hmm. Ellington songs and they played a couple of Boney Bear songs from their first album and the the last song that he sings is a song by Mahalia Jackson that uh, that a lot of other people have sang over the years, but it's called "Satisfied Mind," and uh, mm-hmm. that 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 song's just really good. I thought it was interesting that that I think that album was made in like 2010, the jazz album. And when did this album come out again, Jamie? Like 
2016. Yeah. So he's yeah. had like a a long relationship with her music, it seems like. And with him being into like Duke Ellington as much as he was, it, it seems like he has some sort of inspiration and draw to older music in general, but also maybe older gospel or jazz music or a connection to mm-hmm. music created by like black artists of that generation, which is, mm-hmm. it was like, but when I took my 1950s to 70s popular music class, it was just insane to see how much music came from, how many musical genres came from from like black sources that we just kind of gloss over and don't emphasize. Yeah. Like jazz and Macklemore blues and talks everything. about that on White Privilege Part 2 on this unruly mess I've made. <laughs> thank but thank, you. Thank, thank you, Macklemore, for your uh, cultural contribution to society. <laughs> we love that's, you. That's a good fucking song. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I haven't heard you it. Know, Macklemore, Macklemore has good in his heart. I just... Yeah. He's become so much of a meme that it's hard for me to take his music seriously for for the in, for like True. the intent that he put it out there. But but I, I should I should listen to it again. True. Bro, if you listen to White Privilege Part Two and be like, damn, he made this in twenty sixteen, you think? You're like, <laughs> Wow. I feel like he made this in June. <laughs> <laughs> Great going, America. You still fucking have a lot of issues. It's like listening to Walking in the Snow by uh mm-hmm. run the jewels and hearing killer mike say i can't breathe and like them recording that before the the like but before george floyd's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. murder it just it it's just insane how prophetic so many of these artists yeah are. yeah well and well, the sad reality of that is it's not prophecy it's uh describing what's going on and that doesn't change and it just happens again yeah yeah exactly so it's not even it's not even prophecy it's just like the it's repetition uh-huh. mm-hmm. uh repetition and like still not changing uh, what's the dude there's there's literally a song in my head playing that i can't get out of my brain i don't know what the name of it is it's well, like it's happening again and it's the worst it's been since the last time it happened. Uh, it's, it's happening again. It's the new Tyler Childers song. Yes. It's uh, Long Violent History. Yeah. Oh. There we go. I would have never gotten that. Yeah, honest. you wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> no, you would not have gotten that. Tyler who? That's the only song on that uh, new album that has vocals. The rest of it is bluegrass. Oh. And not even like... Uh, not even like crazy bluegrass, like just like classic m- mountains, like folk bluegrass, yeah, like fiddle-centered bluegrass. Mm-hmm. Uh. Anyways, but back, back to, to back to the electronic experimental. <laughs> the <laughs> opposite of bluegrass. Um, I love the chorus of God. How it um, it's like a kind of a drop. Yeah. And then there's like the stand at the Ace Hotel. Stand at the Ace Hotel. Call and then it just kind of, I, I like that. And then just how it kind of like rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, 
one of my it's one of my high points on the album is the uh, the second pre-chorus according to the structure laid forth by genius but it's the uh it's the part uh said i would have walked across any thousand lands uh no not really if you can't i didn't need you that night not gonna need you any time was gonna take it as it goes i could go forward in the light well i better fold my clothes and dude that's one of those times where if i'm listening to it in headphones i just you gotta shut your eyes and just kind of like move your head along with it like that it feels so like just full and emotive and powerful to me i'd love that that's one of my highlights on the album is that pre-chorus section and Vic made fun. I, I did it the other day while I'm driving back in the car. I wasn't driving. I was riding. I don't close my eyes and do that while I drive. <laughs> uh, but I did that in the passenger seat and I opened my eyes and she was like laughing at me. I was like, bro, <laughs> let me vibe. Let me feel some shit. I was having an intimate moment. Come on, son. I was yeah, having just an that, intimate that, moment. That like rise in energy just feels so like powerful mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Love it. Mm, chills. Mm. Chili. It's funny that you're talking about mm. closing your eyes while you're driving because there's a there's a Dawes song called uh, Roll Tide where um, I think Griff, their drummer, sings it instead of the usual singer. But mm-hmm. uh, th- mm. there's there's a line in it where he says, "I cl- Taylor Lautner." Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, singer for Dawes, the indie folk rock band. But uh, uh, he says, I close my eyes sometimes now while I'm driving. And I, I just kind of sang that in the past. And then it was it was a couple months ago. I was like singing it in the car. And then I was like, wait, he does what? Why did what? I guess, he, uh, I guess this is darker than I thought it was. You want it? <laughs> that, that's pretty dark yeah. right there. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, there's a song by The Fray, and I can't remember what it is. But there was a period where the lead singer of The Fray was going through, like, a really, like, rough patch in life. Just kind of, like, depressive episodes. And he said that the moment he realized he really needed to, like, go to therapy or something was he he rented, like, a Lamborghini and was just going, like, it was out in Texas or somewhere where it's wide open. Or maybe it was Nebraska. But he said he was going like 140 on the road. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I didn't care if I lived or died. I was like, holy <laughs> shit. Damn, And son. then he said that that for him was like a really big like mental breakthrough moment where he was like, yo, I got to I gotta get a therapist or something. Yeah. It was also when he made that song. You know, the, what's, the, what's the song? I can't even remember what it's called. What, how to I'm going to guess you're. How to, to save life. life? Where did, Where I, go did I go wrong? I lost a friend. Alone. Great song, but there are better songs by the Fray. People Vienna? crip walk into the Fray. Oh, it's, I love it. Vienna's a great one. No, Vienna will always be a uh, sausage. A, it's a um, sad bop. No, a um, that other guy's song. Who did the Vienna? City in Austria. Who? 
a city in Austria. No, Billy Joel. Billy Joel is a Vienna better. Okay. Slow down, you crazy child. You're so ambitious for a juvenile. Tell me that's not the best song ever, bro. Are you a big Billy Joel fan? No. Oh. It has historical significance with me, though. But you know every word to We Didn't Start the Fire? Our part two is going to be fucking crazy. That one? Mm Hmm. I don't know. Like, I think that's the only part that I know. I'm going to be honest. Sorry, Jamie. <laughs> uh, so 29 Strat hashtag pound sign, whatever. Oh. Stratford Apartments. Uh, you know, rep. Stratford. Apartments. Stratford Road. Stratford Way. Stratford Road. Cruising the strip. <laughs> I could cruise that shit all day long. Jeez. Stop by Krispy Kreme. Hit up Sakura. Maybe take a little trip to Adventure Landing. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking Adventure Landing. This is this pa- is for pa- all our town glass for <laughs> for all our Winston Salem listeners. Yeah, <laughs> hit, hit up Camp and not High. even like general Winston. Oh, Camp High is so good. You just kind of have to like. It's like deep Winston Salem. Like you wouldn't get it in passing. You would have to just like. There's some stuff just obviously on Stratford, but we're not even naming like. All the obvious shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's like deep cuts from Stratford Road. But you said Puff oh, Town Glass. The, you fucking. Was, oh yeah, that was where the <laughs> that, that was back where the yeah. Joanne Fabrics was and the hitting zone. Yeah, Joanne, the, yeah, batting the, the batting cages. cages yeah, yeah, the batting cages. And there was a, there was a Christian bookstore. And there's that like I don't remember that. Yeah, there's that weird turn where you're like I'm in the parking lot for Joanne's, but also it looks like I'm in like a like a bus garage yeah. weird thing uh but but anyways, what did song, you yeah what did you what did you want to say about apartments, the song? it it makes me the chorus makes me it, it makes me feel some shit know more based off the sound than the the specific lyrics of it mm-hmm. uh but i don't know it's just um i don't know it just kind of it kind of moves me a little bit uh and i i really love the effect i think it's yeah yeah like the last chorus in here where there's that like it's super prevalent the like crackliness i talked about earlier super heavy and i i really like that it's like uh i don't know it's like um i feels it feels transitory i don't know how else to describe that but i I really like that i did like it too the the crackly like vocal fry that happens towards the end of that song and just the right I, i don't know what vocal fry might be a different thing i don't know but 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 you know what I mean. The staticiness of the of the vocals it makes sense to me. Yeah, uh-huh. right. It was okay to me. I didn't really love this song that much, but it's a little slow for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did. Uh, I I saw someone say that uh, the song kind of dealt with 
Justin Vernon trying to take away the emotional significance of places like um mm-hmm. like which I guess kind of makes sense if you maybe if you if you think about it or if you I don't know I, I it, it's hard to describe the emotional nature of, of places but he he says something I think in this song about about Claire and I think the Claire that he's talking about is his hometown of all Claire, Wisconsin, which is oh. like, I, I think he's yeah. still hallucinating Claire. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he, I think he still lives there and they have like, a, like an all Claire um, festival maybe every year. I know that they kind of debuted this album there. I think a little bit before it came out and like had a little mm-hmm. bit different versions of songs and stuff, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to have a song about that, sentiment because nobody really i guess except i actually just thought about uh lord has a song called perfect places where she kind of she kind of talks about it too but it's just interesting you don't hear a lot of songs about areas or spaces that you go to and your Mm -hmm. emotional significance for them but with how yeah, sure. and this one i mean it's literally down to like probably the room that it occurred in whatever this experience was mm-hmm. it's just interesting hyper specific yeah like, like it, it's interesting yeah. like all kinds of other aspects on that oh, hit, hit the note oh. oh, it just makes me go Ooh. on the inside it makes you like like think oh. you ran your headphones through the washing machine, but you actually didn't. Yeah, you're like, oh shit, oh no, <laughs> are they are they disconnecting? Oh my, my god, my wireless headphones have a short. Oh fuck, uh, oh, bro, oh, how'd god. you guys like six six six? Upside this down Nas X song. <laughs> it a uh, Montero. Okay. Th- this was a decent one. This, it was like a like a medium mm-hmm. one for me. I gotcha. I like the, uh, I like, I don't know how else to do, like, the specific drum, but it's like the, the boomingness of the drum and the chorus. In the yeah. background, I really like that. It's like the it's like someone's smacking you a little <laughs> bit on the head. Oh yeah, I did like that part too. Play the bongo. Uh, so you can just play it like around some people, like just have a couple instruments. Mm-hmm. And then you just punch the shit out of someone. Oh, <laughs> what? Wait, you, uh, dude? I could you you know, you guys don't mosh to this kind of music? Uh no, <laughs> moshing to bongo. <laughs> right, everyone. Bro, you're at a bony bar. All right, everyone. I want to see a. I want to see a fucking pit right now. I want to w- see one right now. Or what? Right, I, I'll, pit, I'll, like I'll mosh to lump son. <laughs> I'll mosh to blue face. Come on, skinny love. You fucking flailing. Uh, but I also like the um. 
just kind of maybe maybe it touches on me kind of like how i have i have just like religious ties and songs always touches on me just because i uh-huh. grew up in a religious adjacent manner uh-huh. i grew up in a religious manner but you know didn't really feel it uh, but I've always been fascinated by the music and the idea of touching on spirituality, uh, and so I, you know, I'm just a, I'm a little, I'm a little sucker whenever it's put into to music. Um, oh, a little sucker. And I, and so like the the part where he's like, I'm still standing in, still standing in the need of prayer. Still standing in the need of prayer. The need of prayer. That was like uh-huh. a hymn that we would sing, I don't know, like every fourth week. So it kind of, uh, I don't know, it just kind of always stood out for me. And, and that's kind of, maybe that's why I like, it's kind of the uh, the wrestling with religion and spirituality that's prevalent throughout this album. But I also, those lines, I hear that and I go, oh shit. I don't know, it just kind of, it connects with me. I got you. Um, because whether you're spiritual or not, aren't we all searching for redemption? Unless... Yes. May, I mean, maybe. <laughs> I feel like Ooh. I don't need to be redeemed from anything right now, you know? You found it. Yeah. You've got oh, it. Oh, maybe I did. Oh, maybe I did then. You're in the you're in the, yeah. the post-redemption yeah, age. No. And I mean that in, Actually, like, the no, lowercase redemption. I feel like I like definitely did. Sorry, wait. Sorry, not Jay. The, not, the, not the uppercase redemption, you know? Oh yeah, I feel yeah. like there's still times in my life that I would like need that though, you know. Whether it be from you know uh, a spiritual entity or just like the people in your life. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and so I, so I, I like that song. Uh, how'd you guys like Moonwater? Um, I get a little witchy. Moonwater and Death Breast. They're, they're, you like that? They're bottom two. I think I liked it a little bit more. Like that chaos. It definitely gets, yeah, it definitely gets a little chaotic towards the end, where uh, sounds like I'm in traffic. Just uh... <laughs> I'm like, is yeah. that the cars around me? Or is that my uh, audio right now? Like, what's going on? Um, yeah, it's gonna think like, where if you zone out, you're just like, what the hell? <laughs> and even if you're listening to it, you still have that thought. Yeah, uh, it's it's probably my low point on the album. Yeah, like I I get that the idea is transitioning from like the religious themes of six 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 into like the aforementioned redemption that i spoke of it's kind of the chaotic transition from that idea into like eight parenthesis circle feels very much like uh like we've gone from whatever turbulence was in moonwater into just like this weird angelic like floaty kind of space mm-hmm. um and so I, I kind of appreciate how the song does that but apart from that, it's definitely not like one that I'm just gonna throw on the ox. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of it's fine. <laughs> I, I just really don't. It's very abrasive that like chaotic section to me. 
We queuing up twenty one moon water photo photo Shit, playlist. We throwing moon water. We throwing moon water on the art. Hey yo yo, queue up queue up twenty one moon water real quick. This part's about to get lit. <laughs> hey hey bro hey hey, throw on moon water. <laughs> throw on, throw on moon water uh, but yeah, and then so then you move into eight, where it just feels very. It feels like we're in a very angelic headspace, and this is also, I think, this is the mo the first like just mostly natural appearance of Justin's voice. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like he's from a narrator standpoint reached some sort of um, like clarity. Like like the the chaos of Moonwater is kind of the unloading of the anxiety heartache pain and all shit that's talked about for i guess like the last part of the the album and then this is like he's he's um he's kind of made peace with i guess life and its burdens Mm -hmm. that's what that's what the song feels like a lot to me and and it kind of i didn't write down any specific things lyrically but i i think lyrically it kind of um I don't know. It just kind of also lends itself to creating that uh, that mental image for me. Um... Yeah, I don't really have much else to say about that one. I didn't yeah, I, I have a ton. I was trying to look for, well, for it's okay, but examples of words, yeah, but I love I it. But I gotcha. Uh, and did, then there's did Jamie sing Freeze again? Uh, did Maybe I freeze? Jamie Am I frozen. Am I yeah, frozen? did I thought he was just reading. But yeah, you froze. Yeah, I sorry, was, you froze. I was, for I was like, I was like, uh, do you want me to fill something here, Jamie? Uh, <laughs> Bro, that's funny. Yeah, I was reading, and uh, oh. yeah, I don't have much to say about that one either, other than uh, I like it more from a um, album standpoint than an individual standpoint. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do. I've always liked Forty Five a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It might be the first song I heard off this album. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I like the duality of the, like, uh, I've been carved in fire, and then the, I've been caught in a fire. Well, I've been carved in fire. Well, I've been caught in fire. I've been caught in fire. Uh-huh. And kind of throughout the song, you go back and forth where it's like, you know, forged from fire is like this mental image of like, yes, this strong, good, you know, I think it, that expression might have ties back to blacksmithing. Um, yeah. But then caught in a fire is bad, painful, and sad. So I, I like just throughout it. It feels very emotive how there's the, the like switch flip-flopping duality throughout the uh the track and i don't have necessarily like a, a message coming away from it i just have always really liked the sound of it mm-hmm. and I, I think on 45 that might be where his vocals are some of the the rawest or most unfiltered like on the album at least at the beginning mm-hmm. of the song mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed that yeah for sure yeah because even in yeah because even in eight there's like a little bit of alteration with the pitch mm-hmm. but this one's just like the first especially the first verse where it's just like this is just his voice yeah. this is just raw him raw justin raw him i was 
I, I was very surprised. Uh, I kind of like pretty much just forgot what his natural voice sounded like until I heard him <laughs> sing on Exile yeah. on uh, Folklore on Taylor Swift's album. Oh, mm-hmm. and I, I, I just thought, what I just forgot that Justin Vernon could, could really just just sing rawly by sing. himself, like no, no filters, yeah. Because there, there's so many times he sings either in an upper register with a bunch of vocal filters on, that are it, it still sounds like tonally good and, and and it makes a good feeling with the music, but it's it's cool uh-huh. that he can mm-hmm. do both. Yeah. It's like uh, it's like T Pain kind of too. Yeah. You forget that T Pain like. Is just a really good singer. Mm-hmm. He just, it's an artistic choice to have the auto tune. It's not a necessity by any means. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, yeah, it's the same kind of thing we're hearing where it's like, could he do that? He could probably do a lot of it without uh, the, the, uh, um, yeah, the studio effects. But that is also like his signature, him. and that's what he likes to do also. Like, that's how he's exactly. creative as well. Mm-hmm. But no, it is, it and is it, funny to, Sorry, no, go, go, Jamie, go, Jamie. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a thing where it's like, um, not necessary at all, but they're just like, yeah, it sounds cool, so I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Million, I think, is always, I think about it the least. Uh, I don't know, I like the choruses in it. There's kind of, it's, uh, we've talked about it before, but it's the same motif of, um, like, changing lyrics from an earlier section to another one it's like yeah. a like a lyrical what's the name of that i don't know if there's a specific like, variation theme and variation oh okay yeah uh, uh but like the the first part is uh the change uh something slung low in the highlands and then hold high and then the next one is held high in the highlands or high in the lowlands fuck dude it's so backwards um <laughs> But I, but I like that. And then uh, it's a cool way to maybe not. I don't know if cool is the right word, but a very interesting note to start an album. The first the first uh, title is 22 parenthetically um, over soon. But so let's say it starts at 22 and then the last song is five zeros um followed by the word million so the the album is 22 million um okay and then it the, it starts off with a uh, it might be over soon kind of thinking about the the temporariness of uh existence i guess um and then the album ends with the final line of it ends with like is it the chorus because it, it's said before uh, yeah, I think it, it's how the chorus ends. But so the final, the final line is, "Well, it harms me. It harms me. It harms me. I'll let it in." And, and earlier, the chorus in that song, he says, if it harmed me, it's harmed me, it'll harm me, I let it in. Mm-hmm. 
the third chorus is, it harms me, it harms me, it harms me like a lamb. And then the last one is, well, it harms me, it harms me, it harms me, I'll let it in. Like, I think it's kind of plays more into the resignation of um, through through all of, you know, living, there is both good and bad. And sometimes it'll harm you. Uh, but then the album feels like, for me personally, it feels like it ends on an acceptance of, but even though it will harm me, life, you know, it's it, it'll beat me up. I'm still going to uh, let it in, like give it passage into my uh, mental temple, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of, it'll, it's going to suck and it'll hurt, but... I'm still go like I still want to live and experience. So therefore, you know, you just kind of have to uh, accept that risk. And I think that it's a very, um, I don't know, it's a very. I think this album starts and ends in a very wrapped and encapsulated experience. And I think, and that's something that I always really enjoy about it. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah. This was definitely one of my favorite songs on the album that I didn't really even remember until I listened to it again mm-hmm. for for this podcast. But I thought it was really interesting reading in the research about the album that when they performed this, I think it was just for this song. I don't think it was for the other songs on the album, but they, they gave every uh, person who attended the concert like a, a small hymnal, mm-hmm. hymnal type object. That, what is a hymnal? hymnal type book. It j- just a lyric book. Like it's like a little book that you open and it has the, the lyrics. Like a program. Yeah, like a... Because oh, okay, yeah, okay, I'm right, looking, right. and it is a picture, and that's, like, exactly what we would have in our church bulletins. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. But, yeah, they, they they gave them that that had the lyrics in it so that they could sing along with that song, like, in the, um, from the crowd whenever they played it. Oh, And that, that's, like, I don't know, that just reminds, especially with the way that the song sounds at the beginning of it, how it sounds kind of similar to... Uh, polite company by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. How it sounds almost like he's singing into some kind of big chamber. Mm-hmm. It just it just feels. You 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 said a uh, a line in one of the earlier songs was a line from a hymn that you used to sing as a kid. Like there's a there's a song right. called Conversion that's by Leon Bridges and Cruangbin. That at the end of that song, they start singing a hymn that I would sing as a kid. And like just the the gospel nature of all of the songs that I just mentioned in the the roundabout story that mm-hmm. I'm talking about, I that's something that I mm-hmm. always love in music, and something that you said you always love in music too, Jamie. It's just the yeah. Even though we've we've both like uh, distance ourselves from like the the religious nature of our our childhoods a bit Mm -hmm. it's it's still a a sentiment like bringing everyone together and maybe not uniting for the cause of religion but just uniting for the the cause of of something that feels good and of something that feels good Mm -hmm. or feels wholesome is satisfying Mm -hmm. and uplifting yeah and i and i think that's even that's even cooler with the uh like having snaps, the Nick. um 
like passing out the bulletin kind of thing because then yeah because so much of of what kind of draws people to religion is uh like community right Mm -hmm. um so yeah it says it was premiered oh it was premiered on my birthday august 12th that's right leo season um (laughs) how do you pronounce it i think it's all claire all claire yeah, I don't need French is E-A-U-S, fake language. Like I'm, I'm not entirely uh, sure, but I, I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. But yeah, it's, so it's, it's all, and then Claire is spelled normally. Yeah, because it said that it was uh, the song was mainly like premiered live. Because uh, this album came out in September on it was in September, and so on August twelfth, that's before September. So it, the album hadn't dropped yet, but it was premiered live at the festival and that's where they were given like the little booklet and so then it's kind of you're using this song that wraps up uh the wrestling of um just kind of like the big question of like what is life with a capital l Mm -hmm. um and then a lot of it is spent trying to find community and belonging and so that's kind of another really cool artistic decision is to uh create that community at that music festival in his hometown like that's such a that's a baller thing to do but it's it's really cool too i mean because you know you don't give people a hymnal unless there's the intent of everyone being able to sing along mm-hmm. yet another like creating that big you know sense of belonging and community and kind of like emphasizing that the message in this is not one of individualism, but rather something that um, we all can kind of find solace in, in having answers and, and even asking questions. Um, so yeah, that dude, that's really cool. I, I never understood why it was five p, uh, zeros, but it's be, like the track number is ten. So if you then concatenate the two, it'd be ten plus five zeros. And that'd be uh, and that's six zeros, million. which would be a million. Mm-hmm. Wait, say that if again. You, I never understood why it was five zeros and then the word million. Yeah. But if you concatenate its track number, number ten, with the five zeros, you get six zeros, and that's a million. Crazy. I think you clipped that. A that's little forty chess. It's okay. Jamie will be able to hear it in the recording because oh yeah, that doesn't yeah. Have if you said something, it completely. It sounded like you just inhaled and then nothing. Here, wait. What if? If if I turn off noise suppression, uh, yeah, clip yep. or no? So now I'll get to I'll get to hear that twice. I'm gonna forget about it, and then a few days from now when I'm recording, I'm just gonna go ah. Your audio. Uh, wait, Nick, did I clip that? that? Did I? Did Are you I, serious? Did I Bro. clip that time, Nick, or no? No, we heard it that time. The the, the second time you yeah. heard it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that sums up my thoughts on this album. It's all mine too, sir. So then, so then, gotta go I get guess, the Lil Nas X Satan shoes after this. <laughs> um, guess that means it's rating time. Uh, damn it, I have to go first. I wanted to see what you guys said first, uh, but instead, you get to hear what I said first, and then Nick and Jordan, you'll announce next week. It's been, yeah, yes, that's Jamie, how this works. It's been, me, it's been a little bit, Jordan. but uh, nine and a half. Damn, bro. Bold. This album is. This album is so close for me that it okay. It's nine and a half asterisk. 
because I recognize that it is purely subjective. And I feel like a lot of people wouldn't, I don't even know if a lot of people would enjoy this album, let alone like, like it as much as I do. Uh But for some reason, it's just kind of that thing that we've talked about where for no discernible reason, it just tickles that itch in my brain. And I'm just like, Oh, I love it. Like literally it's so close to a 10. If it weren't for that fucking section in Moonwater, man. Oh yeah. That one. Uh, but yeah, so so Nick, what what is your uh, numerical rating of this? Um, I'm kind of surprised with how much I like didn't love the like the, this album as a whole. With how much I enjoy Radiohead, that's right. Radiohead reference have to reference them at least once a podcast because Facts, um, dude, because Nick is still down bad. That's why <laughs> because because I need. <laughs> Any affection? Um, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I, I was gonna try and riff off of a joke of that. I'm doing okay. Um, yeah, but with uh, with um, Kid A is like Radiohead's trademark electronic experimental album, and I don't love mm-hmm. it. And you know, I guess that kind of lines up here. I liked a couple songs off of this, but I didn't love the overall feeling of it. I'm going to give it a five. So. Okay. Jordan, what are you going to give it? I was also going to give it a five. Oh, okay. That's I, Dude, that's higher than I thought it was going to be. All right, four and a half. Oh, no. Got to hit Jamie's quarter. I said five. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I could never... I feel like... I feel like I wouldn't listen... I feel like I didn't hate it listening to it, but I would. I don't mm-hmm. think I'd listen to it again, though. So maybe 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 I should have ranked it lower, but I'll go with I'll go with five. No, I gotcha. That kind of that throws it in there with your rating. Uh, that's also what you gave like an awesome wave. I feel like that's kind of a similar, you know. Yeah, I'd go with that indie electronic-y kind of thing. I think you think too much of me. One and only by Chef G. You gave that a five. Um, yeah. Okay, dude, I'll take it. I'll take it. So that means that we have an average rating of six and a half. And that brings it to the place uh, tied for 28 with, uh, let's see, what is this? Sound and Fury and Women in Music, both picked by Nick. Nice. Nice. Okay. Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take Wimp it. 3 I... was robbed by Jamie. Just want to say that. It was Wait, a, it was a higher Jordan score. I gave it a good rating. Jamie yeah, shat on it. If it wasn't, it if it wasn't for me, it just didn't. Bro, that was a, I don't you, know, you man. Don't have to I explain still yourself, Los Angeles. I just wanted to say. And I, I see people posting all their stories too that I know about those songs in that in Heim too. All right, Nick. You know what's gonna make you feel really bad? I gave it the same rating that I gave Dirtbag. I just think it's ironic how much Jamie hates misogynists and then gives an album by three women, all sisters, <laughs> how he gives it a four. Bro, did you did you hear my speech in that in the review? I feel like that's that speaks enough. I don't have to worry about the numerical rating. I talked about how stupid you have to be to just be a misogynist. I don't know. I, th- I think there's some bias, so therefore, some deep internal bias that you still haven't recognized. 
bro, like one of my favorite artists ever is Adele. How are you, <laughs> you, you going to look me in the eye and tell me? True, true. Okay, Jordan, please. please. A champion of women. Please go ahead with with the album that we're going to. Yeah, so Jordan, about. what will we be listening to next week? We will be listening to Find the Beat. <laughs> Who's that by? <laughs> <laughs> Who's it by, Nick? It's it's Tell Blueface, me. isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh man, the return! I, the return of, the, of I wanted you to do he in a dirt bag. What? I wanted you to do Jack Harlow so bad, but you? Why? I don't even know Jack Harlow. Yeah, but like you keep well, sending well. memes about him and stuff, and I like I, I think he like I I kind of want to check his music out, but I keep forgetting to. And I was like, oh, if he picks it, I'll have like a good chance to fully check out his. I'm first not gonna album. lie, I've heard one Jack Harlow song. It's 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 kind of like a Billie Eilish situation where I like their personality more than their music. Yeah. Also, haven't listened to any of his music either. So, but I've heard it's decent. I've heard it's decent, but um. Yeah, so we'll be listening to Find the Beat by Blueface. Um, I already have a lot of songs I like off there, but... I said, do you think it's going to be a redemption for him? Because right now he's, he is uh, 42nd out of 43 albums. See, I don't even care that much because so many, so much of those audios started trending on TikTok where I know it's a good album and, and you know you guys just don't have the musical capacity to, <laughs> to, to understand know that it's good. Yeah, we don't have the, the understanding. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I, I forgive you guys. I, I know this is a very heavily weighted podcast against rap, so you know I'm not gonna. <laughs> but what, what the fuck are you I'm talking gonna, about? This isn't a rap gangster rap podcast. Okay. This podcast is rap. against. I think. I think it might. I think it might. There's some. There's some uh, funny one-liners in there that we might talk about. But we'll see. We'll see. Someone says he's in the rap community one time, and then the uh, next thing you know, his head's way too big. <laughs> Jordan's a wee rap. <laughs> we uh anyway so what have you guys been listening to this week this two weeks but quickly i listened to my discover weekly finally and added some hell yeah music to it um not anybody that i really know or songs that i really um you know like but i listened to i'm listening to rolando by dusty locaine a lot still or I don't know if I mentioned that, but Bipolar by Jack Boy still listen to that. It's, it doesn't get old right now. If Los Angeles by Haim comes on, I still listen to that Ooh. too. You know. I got, Los Angeles. <laughs> if Mac Miller comes on, I listen to a little bit of that. Still listen to Pop Smoke. And next. Next, next, next. All right. Go fast, go fast. All right, all right. New Brockhampton single, Buzz Cut featuring Danny Brown. Very good. New album, April 9th. I will be sure to check it out. Uh, Turnpike Troubadours. Kind of forgot about them. Listened to them a little bit today nice. and over the past week. They're good. Uh, all kinds of Avit Brothers. Magpie and the Dandelion especially. Um, Code of the Friend and Static Selecta. Static Selecta is a, is a producer. Code of the Friend rapper. They came out with the album last Friday, I think. Pretty good. Um... Uh, found again an album from 2001, I think, by a woman named Jillian Welch. It's like a renowned kind of country borderline bluegrass album called Time, in parentheses, The Revelator. Some songs are very sad. The last song is 14 minutes long. 
It's very interesting. Jesus. But uh, I know I've seen Jason Isbell tweet about it. Her, I think it's her husband or mm-hmm. her longtime partner is David Rawlings. He produced my favorite Dawes okay. record. And they, um, I think both of them worked on like the Oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack. That's just like dropping famous things where, that they've worked on. But, but anyways, uh, okay. Waxahachie, uh, on the year anniversary of her newest album, St. Cloud, dropped three covers, one by Dolly Parton. She covered Streets of Philadelphia, the song that Bruce Springsteen made for the movie Philadelphia, which is a phenomenal song. Her version, also very good. And the other song that she covered is called Fruits of My Labor. It's by a woman named Lucinda Williams. And I love both versions of the Mm -hmm. song. I didn't know either of them before she covered them. But I've been listening to that song, the original one, more than her cover, actually, since I found the cover. And it's just, I don't know. I love the instrumentation of the song. It's like a like a country, soulful ballad almost. But yeah. Interesting. And that's it. That was the extended speed nice. round. But there you go. Yes, go Lightning game, man. go. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of the Ava Brothers as well. Uh, a lot of this album. Um, just a couple old playlists I have made, and then just a lot of daily mixes. You know, that's about it. Gotcha. Honestly, it's been just a lot of nondescript stuff. Um, well then, yeah. With the conclusion of that lightning round, uh, you know, we just wanted to say thanks again for listening this week, and remember to tune in next week where we'll be taking a look at "Find the Beat" by Blueface. Parentheses. The Redemption Round. The Redemption uh, Album. Be sure to give it a listen, or multiple if you so choose. Um, and then you can kind of have your own thoughts and mentally join in the discussion with us next week. You know, feel free to either leave a comment about your thoughts on this week's album on YouTube, or you can also tweet them at us. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at ListUpPodcast, and that account as well as all of our personal handles are going to be in the description of wherever you found this episode. Uh, you know, if you enjoyed this episode, drop a rating or review if you really feel like it. Um, but yeah, for now, we'll catch you next week and remember to listen up. Mm-hmm.